Well, good morning, everyone. And a happy new year. You must be joking. A happy new year? Happy new year. You must be joking. There's a twindemic. Did you ever hear that word before? I just heard it on the news at the weekend. New word. A pandemic, now we have a twindemic. There's a war in Ukraine. There's a cost of living crisis. The NHS has fallen to pieces. There's political instability. Out in the world, China's threatening Taiwan, Kosovo and Serbia. North Korea has fired another rocket across the sea. And that's not counting all the problems that you have in your life. I mean, the relationship problems, maybe in your marriage, maybe at work, failing health, bills to pay, kids doing your head in, strappy teenagers, a happy new year. I'm going back to bed to 23 is over. That's how some people would think. But as Christians, we have a different perspective. As disciples of the Lord Jesus, we have a different worldview, no matter what's going on out there. And I have one goal this morning. And that goal is to send you skipping out through that door saying, it doesn't matter what happens. I'm trusting Jesus, and he's looking after me. And no matter what comes, I'm not going to worry. So I hope you've got the goal. Whether it's fulfilled or not, well, we'll see. The truth of the matter is, there's one question. Will God take care of us in 2023? The devil says, oh no, he won't, won't. What the kids in Carrick Fergus Baptist Church say, oh yes, he will. I didn't hear that. The devil says, oh no, he won't. The kids in Carrick Fergus Baptist say, he will. He will. And I want you to get that. We had a reading from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. A few weeks ago, I was at the midweek prayer meeting. I spent uh, a a couple of hours in the study uh, looking at this passage and figuring out what I might be able to say this morning. And I came to the prayer meeting, and young Johnny Chambers, well, I call him young. You may think he's old, but to me, he's young Johnny Chambers, was speaking. And he spoke from this passage. And I went to him afterward, and I said, Johnny, when I heard that, I thought, Johnny stole my sermon. And then I said, no, we both are borrowing Jesus' sermon. And so this is a sermon from Jesus. Jesus. 
not from me. These are the words of the Lord Jesus whom we profess to follow. In that sermon, he's been uh, talking to his disciples. In the previous chapter, tells us that he went to a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came to him. So this is a word for his disciples. And he has taught them about the blessed life, about how they, should, they, they are salt and light, about how they should control their anger, about how they should be reconciled to people if they fall out, about lust, about divorce, about swearing, about how they should treat their enemies, about giving, about praying, about fasting, and about commitment. And now he's talking about worry. It's an interesting word that he uses. And five times in 10 verses, Jesus uses this strange word. In Greek, it's merim now. And it's not just an ordinary word for worry. It's a word that the language experts tell me. It means to go to pieces, to tear yourself to pieces. Simply put in, in today's language, the word that he uses is torturing yourself. It's not just ordinary worry, ordinary concern. We all have concerns, legitimate concerns. And, and, and the Bible tells us that we should have them, legitimate concerns for our family, for our neighbors, for our community, and so on. But Jesus is here talking about torturing yourself. Don't torture yourself over these things. And the very first thing, Mark's got ahead of me and he's got the slide up, so that's okay. Don't worry about where your next meal is coming from. Verse 25 says, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, what you'll drink. And verse 31 says, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink? That sounds okay if you've got food in the cupboard. But it's not okay if you don't have. And Jesus explains himself. And I put a picture up there of a wee robin. That wee fella comes into my garden every day. And he doesn't do any work. He doesn't plant seed or anything. He just goes around picking up seed. And sometimes I put some stuff out for him. And if it's there, he takes of it. If it's not there, he looks for it. But it, it doesn't seem to annoy him. If it's not there, away he goes. And God looks after him. And Jesus looked at the, the birds of the air and he says, look, God looks after the birds. Now, <clears throat> I wouldn't have a clue about how many birds there are in the world, but I, I looked it up <clears throat> on where we all look. And Mr. Google, and uh, according to them, the National Geographic has two, an estimate for 40 billion. That must have been taken just after Christmas because the next estimate is up to 400 billion. So that was minus all the turkeys and all the rest. But the thing about it is this. Jesus says, look, I take care of my creatures. 
You're my child. We're God's children. We're not just his creatures. And, and, and if he looks after the birds, he's going to look after you, no matter what comes or goes. I'm a very imperfect father, grandfather, great-grandfather. I love my daughter, my grandsons, my great-grandsons. And I would do anything for them. But I'm imperfect. But our Heavenly Father is perfect. And if I would do anything for my children to look after them, and God will do the same for his and more, because his love is perfect. Someone has said, there is nothing you can do if you're a child of God to make him stop loving you. And that's true. You can do all sorts of things, but you can't stop him from loving you. Paul says there's nothing, nothing in this earth, either above or beneath it, that can separate us from the love of God. So we're looking into 2023. Don't worry about whether or not you're going to have enough food to do. Does that mean that we'll never miss a meal? No. Does that mean we'll always have food on the table? No, not necessarily. Does that mean we'll never go hungry? No, not necessarily. But it does mean that God has promised to take care of what we eat and he'll provide whatever we need when we need it. God fed, well, estimates vary, one and a half million Israelites who came out of Egypt. Estimates that there could have been up to three million Israelites. And he fed them for 40 years. Are you going to be a problem to him? I don't think so. So if you're worried this morning about 2023 and about being able to get by, don't worry. Jesus says, don't worry. Look at the birds. God looks after them, and you're worth more than any birds. So don't worry where your next meal is coming from. Secondly, Don't worry about what you're going to wear. I spent about 18 years in a house with four females, and I couldn't count the number of times I heard the phrase, I have nothing to wear. I don't know whether I'm allowed to say that today in this politically correct word. But 
Jesus pointed to the flowers. I put up a picture of some arum lilies. I love them. I think they're the most majestic and beautiful flower. I love watching them when they're just coming out, and they're so beautiful, so perfect. And Solomon in all his glory was not a red like one of these. But you see, when Jesus was talking about clothes, he wasn't really talking about style, although he recognizes that Solomon had some style. He would have been voted best-dressed man of the year. But clothes were not about style. Clothes were about protecting you from the sun and keeping you warm at night. And the, the, the thing is this. Jesus talked about food and clothing because they represent the basic elements of life. They stand for all the things that we need to get along in this world, like money and jobs and housing and transportation and so on. And, and, and by using food and clothing, Jesus is saying, look, no matter what you need in this life, don't worry about it. God's going to take care of you. He's going to look after you. In verse 25, he, he says, is not life more important than food? And the body more important than clothes? Food's important and you have to eat. Clothes are important and you need to wear them. But there's far more important things. There's more important things, and we'll come back to that later on. But the whole point is that in God's economy, these things are of minor importance. God is saying, whatever you need, I'll provide it. So don't worry about the things that you need to eat or the things that you need to get by in life, whatever they are. Then there's a third thing. This is for people my age and younger. Don't worry about how long you're going to live. Jesus said in verse 27, and uh, in the authorized version, it, it, reads about, it reads about adding a single cubit or a, to your height. But in actual fact, most commentators agree that it's better translated about adding a single hour to your life. You can't add to your life. One of the biggest things we worry about is our health. And that's important. 
Health is important. And if you need to see a doctor, if you can get by the telephone and the receptionist, you need to go and see him. <laughs> and if he gives you some treatment, you need to take that treatment. But the thing is this, what Jesus is saying here is that torturing yourself about it will not add one hour to your life. Torturing yourself about what you eat, torturing yourself about the things that you need, torturing yourself about your health, it will not add to your life. The funny thing about worry and torturing yourself is they tell me it can give you ulcers or a stroke or a heart attack or a migraine. But the one thing it won't give you is a longer life. It won't add to your life, in fact. It will only make your life miserable. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And that's an appointment we all must keep. But the thing is this, none of us know when that will take place or how it will take place. The whole matter is in God's hands. And Jesus is saying here, look, don't you worry about that. Don't torture yourself about your health because you can't change it. You can't change when you're going to die. When you get to my age, you know, I spend an awful lot of time this last while attending funerals. And that's a fact. And you do get to the stage where you say, well, it could be me next. But what about it? If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, what about it? Where's it going to take you to? Heaven, to be with Jesus. And that lifts an awful load off us. And what Jesus wants us to do here is to, to, to realize that only God knows when your time is up and when your appointment has come. And therefore, you're free to relax and to enjoy life and to live it as long as he gives it to you. And don't torture yourself about it. The thing is, we need to worry less and trust more. Jesus is here talking about trust, about faith. In fact, he rebuked them. 
And he said, O you of little faith. Are we going to trust God for our salvation? Yes, we will. Well, that's the biggest thing. If we're going to trust God to save us, are we going to trust God to feed us? Are we going to trust God to to clothe us? Are we going to trust God to take us home whenever he decides? I didn't hear. I know, yes, we will. But we need to. The, The Christian life is about trust in Jesus. And I want to sum up just by pointing out three things that, that, that Jesus underlines here. And the first is, remember that God already knows what you need. Look at verse 32. He says, the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Your heavenly Father knows. He knows the size of your electric bill or your gas bill. He knows if you're broke. He knows if you're not feeling well. He knows if you're in the middle of a bad relationship. He knows if if you're struggling to cope with an illness. He knows what the doctor told you the last time that you, you, you sat with him. He knows what you need and what I need to get through whatever life throws at us. Oh, we need to get, get a hold of this. Your heavenly Father knows all there is to know about you. And he knows your struggles, and he knows exactly what you need. And whatever you're going through right now, he knows about it. And he cares. He knows when you're scared. He knows when you're finding it hard to cope. He knows when you think you're losing it. He knows all there is to know about you. So we can talk to him. We can tell him the whole story because he already knows it. So as we we, we go into 2023 and we go through it and we face all the struggles and the things that may come our way, always remember, your heavenly Father knows what you need. Be a good practice every morning when you get up just to say, my Heavenly Father knows what I need today.
us day by day. My heavenly Father knows. The second thing that advice that Jesus gives is put God first. Put God first. That's just a way of paraphrasing verse 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That really means, look, let God solve your problems. Put him first. Keep on praying. Keep on trusting. Keep on believing. Keep on doing good. Keep on serving the Lord. Keep on helping others. Keep on sharing. Let God be God, even in the hard times. And everything else you need will be added to you. Put God first. And everything else will fall into place. And the third thing he says is his final piece of advice about worry. Verse 34 Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has trouble enough of its own. Don't borrow tomorrow's trouble to make you miserable today. You got that? Don't borrow tomorrow's trouble to make you miserable today. So many people are frozen with fear about what might happen tomorrow or two or three months down the line. We have a Heavenly Father who created the world in seven days so he can handle your problems in March or April or May or June or July or whenever they come. He can handle them. Just trust him. Each day has enough trouble to keep you busy. So be encouraged. Look, there's an old chorus we used to sing years ago. Probably the only person here that knows it is John Brown, for he's the same, same generation. <laughs> Cheer up, you saints of God. There's nothing to worry about. Nothing to make you feel afraid. Nothing to make you doubt. Remember, Jesus never fails. So why not trust him and shout? You'll be sorry you worried at all tomorrow morning. And some wags used to sing, you'd be sorry you married at all tomorrow morning. So are you trusting? Will Jesus take care of us in 2023? What are we saying? Yes. Oh, yes, he will. 
The devil may say, oh, no, he won't. But we will say, the agnostic might, will say, oh, maybe he might. But we will say, oh, yes, he will. But here, if you're not a Christian, let me tell you, you have plenty to worry about. Because you're without God. And you're without hope. And you're without forgiveness. And you're without eternal life. And you're without Jesus. And the only way that you will ever be able to say that God will take care of you in 2023 is if you trust Jesus as your Savior. If you come to him in repentance, real true sorrow for your sin, and acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross to save you and trust him. I'm going to use a hymn as a prayer. It was written by Francis Ridley Havergill. Don't know whether you can, hope you can read it. I can read it from the back without my glasses, so uh, you should be able to read it. But I'm going to use it just now and say it as a prayer. If you're not a Christian, and God has been speaking to you maybe over a period of time, you can pray this prayer. You can come and you can, you can get saved just where you sit by trusting Jesus where you are. And for those of us who, who, who are believers, we can pray, I am trusting you to guide me. I am trusting you for power. I am trusting you, Lord Jesus, never let me fall. So let me read this. And, 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 and if, if you want to read it along with me, that's fine. If you want to read it out loud or you want to read it just quietly before the Lord, then do so. I am trusting you, Lord Jesus. Trusting only you. Trusting you for my salvation, free and true. I am trusting you for pardon. At your feet I bow for your grace and tender mercy, trusting now. I am trusting you for cleansing. In the crimson flood, trusting you who made me holy by your blood. I am trusting you to guide me. You alone shall lead every day and are supplying all my need. I am trusting you for power. You can never fail. Words which you yourself shall give me must prevail. I am trusting you, Lord Jesus. Never let me fall. I am trusting you forever and for all. Amen.